Hello, everyone, and welcome to Connect, the weekly podcast for the California MBA, featuring one-on-one interviews, this time four-on-one interviews, uh, with the uh, movers and shakers in the mortgage industry. Uh, Today, we're going to be continuing our series on legacy in the mortgage industry and bringing in that next generation of mortgage professionals. But before we get to today's guest, I'd like to thank our Connect podcast sponsor, Incelerate. Incelerate helps lenders close more loans through better borrower engagement, the mortgage industry's most innovative customer experience platform, which delivers lead management, sales enablement, engagement, a robust mortgage-specific content library, and data intelligence, all in one comprehensive and highly scalable platform. Incelerate delivers dynamic technology, strategy, and content for every channel of your business to ensure engagement throughout the customer journey whether it be your borrowers, referral partners, or any other party to the loan transaction. This dynamic enterprise solution seamlessly fits into your tech stack due to their advanced API connectivity, modern design, and open architecture. Gone are the days of managing multiple and separate systems and having your data trapped in data silos. This innovative platform allows you to provide your internal and external customers timely, relevant information based on data intelligence to build repeatable outcomes at each stage of the customer's journey. Close more loans, improve borrower conversions, enhance customer retention, transform your customer acquisition lifecycle, and create customers for life. For more information, visit Incelerate.com. So that brings me to uh, today's Connect episode, uh, which is very special for me because I have had the great pleasure of knowing this wonderful family for many years. Um, I have the the whole team from RWM Home Loans, Brad, Suzanne, Kristen, and Lauren Livingston. Welcome to Connect. Well, thank you very much, Susan. Thank you, Susan. And thank you to our sponsors. I still remember coming down to San Diego and meeting you guys for the first time. And I remember calling my office afterwards and go, these are the most fun people they have in the industry. We have to get them more involved. All those years later, here we are. Um, So again, kind of talking about legacy in the mortgage industry, I was so happy to have uh, the whole family on today's episode. So I usually like to start out with, um, you know, asking people how they got started in the business. So uh, Brad, do you want to, let's start with you. Oh, man, that was a long time ago, Susan. You're really testing me. But I came up through the builder track business. I was a project manager for several uh, builders, and that was in the early 90s, and interest rates were in the 9%. It was right after the Persian Gulf War, and uh, it was came down to how we finance these homes, and it was a lot of FHA and VA financing, and I'd be screaming on a Friday afternoon to close loans because someone either lose their job over the weekend, they'd be in car accidents. I think one house fell out of escrow three different times. Um, but the, the loan officer would come in. She was a very striking woman, six foot tall and looked great and drove a car. And after two years of really tough, tough, tough deals, I'm like, I, I think I want that job. And Suzanne was in the wholesale business. And so in 94, I just started, or 93, I started, you know, doing loans kind of on the side. And, um, you know, from there, 1994 was a small broker shop. RWM Loans was uh, created and with, a, I think, $1,000. And here we are almost 28 years later. That's fantastic. What a great story. And what about you, Mrs. Livingston? 
Well, I tell you, I had to switch careers uh, and come to San Diego because there was this, you know, really cute guy I wanted to kind of hang out with a little bit more. <laughs> so I went from a pathway from entertainment law, if you can believe that, came to San Diego, started leasing apartments. And one of our dear friends that we used to play tennis with on the weekends, her brother was starting a wholesale uh, division for impact mortgage down in San Diego. Of course, it was called the Imperial Bank Mortgage back in those days. But so my background, I didn't know how to spell mortgage. I learned how to be a wholesaler, which means going out in the community, as you know, and finding loans from all the brokerage communities and knowing how to put their deals together, how to pitch your price, how to underwrite tax returns and bring the deals in. So uh, after about eight years of doing that, uh, Kristen was actually the person who had me um, consider switching and going to work for RWM, which Brad had already started with my broker's license because I needed to work on mommy hours, bus stop right. hours. I wanted a 10 to three o'clock schedule and not feel guilty, you know, for not pulling in another loan for corporate. So that's when I joined RWM, but uh, it goes back over 30 years now. Time wow. goes so fast. That yeah. is, yeah. Isn't that crazy? All the things that you've seen in the industry too. So uh, Kristen, how about, uh, how about you? Yeah, so it depends on how far back you want to go, but I would grow up coming to the office, shredding papers. Uh, we also, they had the rate sheets posted up on the wall at that time. So I would come and answer the phone, switch out the rate sheets. Um, but went to college in LA, moved to San Francisco um, after college, studied finance and marketing. So I was just trying to figure out what I like to do. I know I liked finance and real estate. Uh, worked for an investment management firm up in San Francisco for a few years and then uh, decided, hmm, I think I want to go back and I love San Diego. I wanted to join the family business. Mortgage was always in my blood growing up and um, just, yeah, after, after San Francisco, kind of uh, my opportunities there, I, I, I didn't see it, you know, going for, farther at that company. And that's when I, I moved, uh, moved back and, and joined the family business. That's great. And so uh, the, the newest Livingston addition to RWM, Lauren, how was a, how did you get started in this business? Yeah, well, I was thinking back because Kristen and I used to play office when we were younger. And we first started as a receptionist at RWM in high school. So, but when we were younger, we used to say residential wholesale mortgage, how can we help you? So it's kind of like, <laughs> I love it. Ingrained in us. Um, but I'm, I'm the newest um, family member in the family business. So I just joined this year. And during the pandemic, I moved from San Francisco to San Diego. And it, you know, presented itself pretty clearly that I was ready for a career change when I moved back home. And, you know, the family business has always been around and I've enjoyed seeing Kristen's career and how she's been participating with RWM. So um, I was going through, you know, just the, the growing stages of, I worked at Zillow for eight years. So was, my experience is in that real estate tech environment and then I needed a change. So, um, you know, RWM seemed like the next home for me. So, um, yeah, I started this year and I got my mortgage license uh, this last summer. So I'm just in the early stages of learning the mortgage industry, but I'm so excited to start contributing to the family business and 
um, just really get to know the mortgage industry better. So excited to be here and thanks for having us, Susan. Yeah, of course. It's funny. I'm hearing these stories. My son was uh, a toddler when I had my political fundraising business and he was, you know, sit on my lap on making my calls, right? His first like favorite toy was a phone because it was the only thing he saw on the mom's hands all the time, always on the phone. <laughs> oh my gosh, our poor kids, how they made it. Uh, so, you know, most definitely a family business. Uh, I love it. I have to say over all the years that I've known you guys, um, I've had the pleasure with working not only with you guys, but a lot of people on your team. Um, and I have to say everyone has a very professional, uh, very similar professional outlook. Um, so what can you share about your corporate culture that makes um, RWM unique? Well, I think, Susan, you know, for me on, on corporate culture, it's changed so much because you knew our company when it was very scalable. I mean, Brad and I made decisions every day. We talked to everybody every day. But when you scale from, you know, the original two to three to 15 to 100 to 200, I yeah. find it very difficult to really, for everybody to understand our vision, to understand our culture. So what our management team did over the course of the last, I'd say, really four years, we focused on what are the core values? What is our why? What is really important you know, to us, to the company? And how can we do well by others? So what we did is we came up with seven core values, defined them well, and went out with them a couple of years ago. But then we realized, you know, people still aren't getting the message. We, we really want that to be forefront in their minds because they're, they're amazing qualities. And, and so what we did was we created a campaign around it. We also involved all the departments so that peers can, can nominate other peers for any of these core values. And then these employees are empowered and they're being recognized for having these characteristics. So we're really trying to ingrain our, our culture that way. Perfect example is uh, one of the ones I love is, you know me, I'm an innovator. So innovate relentlessly, right, is, is one of our core values. And that speaks more than those two or three words because what it is doing again is investing in our people. We want you to tell us how to innovate. It's not coming from the top down and being mandated. This is our company as a collective. So please participate. Please give us ideas on how we can do our daily loan process better. No matter what, if it's coming from the reception desk all the way through closing, everybody has a voice. So we're just trying to empower others and to respect one another and to really be a team. So I really feel uh, very much a part of uh, a part of the company that way. They're all, all contributing. I love it. Yeah. It's a family feel that everyone talks about. You know, it, feel, it feels like home. Well, how do we keep that with all these numbers? So right. it's, it's not something that's easily achieved overnight. It's something you really, like I said, we defined our core values and then you have a vision. What, but if you don't communicate it out, it, constantly work on it, it can fall short, I think, of your goal as a, as a company. Right. Very intentional about what it is that you wanted to convey to everybody, which is fantastic. So, Brad, you talked about founding RWM in 1994. So back then, um, you know, it was really kind of next to no technology in the mortgage industry. And now we're in an era where technology is, is key for, for the industry and anybody, anybody uh, in business. So what areas of technology adoption uh, will be the highest priorities for the company this year? Um, well, 
you know, like you, Suzanne said, she's an innovator. And so she, there's not a technology that she hasn't met that she doesn't like. So we are very heavy in our technology stack. And yes, we've come a long way from when we started the company. I, I remember I kept a drawer full of like all the old things we would do. And some of them were old, like even car phones. And remember our mobile phones were huge. And I don't know, a trans box folder. I mean, we've all, you know, the younger people in our business don't even know Transbox or what that was, but you know, we would have to put the files together and send them out. But um, <clears throat> technology, where we are today, um, I think most successful companies have very a very defined stack of technology and are, are constantly trying to improve and innovate. Um, I think, you know, we've got a full menu of technology and this year we're just kind of stepping back and we're really trying to focus on the utilization of the technology mm -hmm. and trying to really create a lot of efficiencies. Uh, certainly we're injecting some AI um, in areas of, you know, disclosures and uh, closing um, disclosures and trying to expedite, you know, when they're mundane tasks, how do we, how do we automate that? Uh, so I think we're in a, we're in a good place and I'm, I'm excited for, for this year um, to, to kind of increase the, uh, Utilization gotcha. of our technology. Yeah, yeah. I think Susan, you know, sometimes you know we have all these bells and whistles, right? But sometimes loan officers, and especially in 2020, they were so busy just trying to answer their phones. Deals done. It's like, no, guys, you can really leverage these tools that we have, which will make you twice as successful. So, you know, right. Focusing on, like you say, adoption of what you have, I think, is really important for a lot of people. Rather than just, I'm going to start throwing new things at you. Let's just see how we can efficiently use what the you know the tools that we have at our disposal. Correct. Uh, so we're starting uh, so to talk about some regulatory issues. Um, now we're starting um, the CFPB era under the leadership of Rohit Chopra. Um, what do you think lenders should expect to be his particular areas of focus? Well, I think one of the goal of the uh, current administration is uh, to increase home ownership in the underserved communities and create generational wealth. So I think that's kind of a mandate throughout um, all of the administration. So I think, uh, you know, with the, the uh, Consumer Finance Protection Agency, they, you know, um, were created for consumer finance protection. So uh, what we're doing, we're paying very close attention to our fair lending uh, policies and procedures. We're spending a lot of time with our Humda data um, and going through that and, you know, paying and, you know, documenting our outliers, if we have some areas that we need to do better, um, and then, you know, identify areas of opportunities. Um, we all are challenged. I mean, we all have some challenges, but if you approach it like it's a, an opportunity, and then you create, um, you know, some uh, actionable items to improve or, or at those areas, and we're doing a lot. We have a fair lending task force. We also have a diversity, equality, and, and um, inclusion task force. So, you know, we're looking at doing uh, workshops, uh, first-time homebuyer workshops. We're doing outreaches, certainly some targeted marketing. Um, we're very involved with documents, documents, uh, so we can have multicultural um, explanations. Uh, so, you know, I think there's just a lot of opportunities, and I think if we all work together, and I think the regular regulators, if they see that you're moving in the right direction, then uh, it could be a positive thing. 
Yeah, in addition to that too, Brad, that, that was excellent. All, all those things are, are right on. The other thing I see are, are what we're doing at RWM is we're, we're going through our compliance policies. We're saying, do they really match our workflow? Because again, our numbers, our policies and procedures have changed because of technology that opens up other areas of concerns and regulators are also concerned about the security with technology. So we're taking this time to go through our policy procedures. Our compliance manager is very busy right now and, and writing new policy as well to make sure that, that, that we're defensible, right? I don't think anyone's 100%, but we want to make sure we're on the right track. Great, uh, great idea to kind of revisit those policies and procedures uh, and see what needs to be updated, right? See the areas and identify them in the beginning. Um, so RWM Home Loans has been a, a huge and very consistent supporter of our Future Leaders Program. Kristen, you're an alumni of uh, our Future Leaders Program, and Suzanne, you're helping lead our Future Leaders Program this year, which is fantastic. Always Thank great you. to work with you. Um, you even have a testimonial on our um, on our well, on our webpage for our Future Leaders for um, many graduates from RWM uh, talking about their experience in the program. So, can you share your thoughts on the importance of mentoring and lifting up those rising stars in your organization? Oh. That's, that's huge. I, I love mentoring. We talk about it a lot in our business is that, you know, we, we have a shortage of leaders, I think, in our business. Uh, how are we going to create leaders in the future? We must invest in people that are showing that they have an interest in our business, a talent. Uh, when uh, we just hired, for example, someone who was a recent Oregon graduate, and she saw her career path going a completely different way. And I was able to talk with her, mentor her, and, and say, hey, why don't you try this, you know, in our marketing department? And she's flourishing, you know? People don't know about the mortgage business. They don't know there's a tremendous amount of opportunity, whether you're in operations or sales or marketing or technology. So it, it is our job to, to really connect with people. I love, and our company is an example of, we love, we do recruit, but growing organically, I think is even more rewarding because you take someone from a beginning step and, and you see them grow and flower and, and love what it is that they do. And for me, that gives me a tremendous amount of satisfaction. So it's, it's our turn for those of us who have been in this business and have experience to mentor as much as possible, to have internship programs, and, and enable this next generation of independent mortgage bankers evolve. Right, right. Um, Kristen, Lauren, what, uh, what advice would you give young professionals just entering the mortgage business? Yeah, that's a great oh, question. Uh, no, I think just like Suzanne said, it's not always an industry that's really glamorous, you know, like maybe tech industry or, or what have you. I think a lot of people don't know, a lot of young people are rising stars, don't really understand all the different components and, and different positions that are available. And it's a super dynamic, fast-paced, challenging industry and, and super rewarding as well. So I think as a new person entering in, just asking a lot of questions, mm -hmm. finding a company that will you know, invest in education and allowing you to get exposed to all the different positions and opportunities and and really seek them out so that you can take advantage of um of all the the different different roles and 
yeah, I think companies really do have to commit to, uh, you know, offering mentorship and, um, you know, allowing people to learn and, and it does take a lot more time. I mean, um, I've trained a couple loan officers and other, you know, operations positions and, you know, you do have to, you know, training, especially when it's been busy, like the last few years, it, it is, it is difficult, but, um, you know, giving people opportunities and, and goals for them to hit just is, is rewarding and, and making sure that they see, you know, the path forward and, and what their job means and, you know, how they can grow into those positions is otherwise, you know, it's, they're not going to be as committed to your company or, um, you know, maybe even the industry. So, um, uh, that's a big part of, of why mentorship I think is key is, is developing those people for your organization. Yeah, I, I love what you said, Zez, of like figuring out like a company that's ready to invest in you. But I, I think finding a mentor too, I, I would love to just like double click on that. Um, being able to like reach out to someone and especially this year where I felt like I was in a transition time and I was figuring out what was next in my career and I leveraged my network. I leveraged all my mentors just to be a sounding board. So I think for young professionals, it's um, reaching out and finding those mentors and those people that you respect and even starting in a new industry, um, being able to lean on them for you know, the experience and advice and really just having a group of people that can be a sounding board. So um, I think just not being afraid to reaching out. I feel like people always want to help you. It's just that initial step. And, um, you know, I'm so thankful for the mentors that I've surrounded myself with, but um, you have to reach out. So um, don't be afraid to reach out. Yeah, I think lots of people are, are happy to, to help pass on their, their wisdom from the industry, mm -hmm. right? Sounds right. So um, kind of wrapping up with, uh, with advocacy, kind of my, uh, my favorite topic, Brad and Suzanne, you both have been engaged in our advocacy efforts um, very strongly for many years, and thank you. You've encouraged others in the industry to do as well. Suzanne, you've been on our board, you've been chair of our board, um, and, and seen the critical importance of what the California MBA does from an advocacy standpoint uh, on behalf of the industry. So can you share uh, why you think it's important to for lenders to support the advocacy work of the California MBA? Sure, absolutely. First of all, Susan, you have been so instrumental on my development in terms of understanding the California political world. It's such a different you know, for those of us who were never involved with it, and you were for so many years. And I don't think people realize that over 1,500 bills are introduced by our California legislators every single year. And California MBA advocates for us because they go in and they say, okay, which one are really related to real estate to our real estate finance community? Are they residential? Is it, is it going to affect the commercial? Because California MBA also looks out for our commercial uh, you know, members. And, and what long-term effects might these laws have against our first-time homebuyers, against our current borrowers? Um, is it going to promote ownership or is it going to perhaps have an unintended consequence, which makes it harder for independent mortgage bankers to do their job? So uh, I just remember um, split roll tax is, is one of the phrases we've been saying for, for 10 years, which was a bill that came up simply they were going to raise taxes on commercial buildings, which inevitably would raise 
taxes, or rent rather, if, if an owned property owner's tax goes up and they've got a tenant in the bottom of that building, they're gonna raise rent on tenants. And in past years, our tenants haven't had the ability to afford that. Everyone's been, it's been hard times. So um, that was one example. Um, you might uh, remember the acronym HOBAR, you know, it's the Homeowner's Bill of Rights, which was first introduced in 2013. And they had some crazy things in that law that really, I mean, we would not have been able to probably sell mortgage-backed securities. It, it got so bad. Uh, but we had, you know, representatives from California MBA go in, negotiate that, write that, get in front of our governor's office, get the message out through, through all the various legislators. And uh, they were able to rewrite it, in fact, again, in, in 2019. So those sort of things happen behind our, you know, we don't, we're so busy working, but California MBA really facilitates those, those things. And right now we're talking about the, uh, uh, Ron, the remote online notarization. And as you, many of you may know, several states have adopted this. So why hasn't California? Um, so we're working on that as well. So I just want to thank Susan, thank our lobbyists, thank all the people that, that do this hard work for us, because we don't really have time, but we can do it in spurts when they ask us to uh, support them through MA and through California MBA and MBA. So it's, it's really a great out, outreach. I encourage anyone who doesn't know anything about it, call me, I'll hook you up. That's great. Thank you. Yeah, it is, uh, it is through companies like yours that are engaged in our advocacy efforts that really allow us to continue to be successful. So, uh, well, that brings us to the end of our, our podcast episode. And thank you all for joining us. I got to spend some time with my favorite family in the mortgage business. So thank you guys for being a part of our organization, for making us better for it, and for certainly being uh, guests on today's episode. And thank all of you for joining us today. Uh, to access any of our Connect podcast episodes, you can follow us on our YouTube channel. We're also available on Spotify, um, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. Uh, we'll be back next week with another episode of Connect. We'll see you next time.